What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God damn. All right, here we go. Let's just fuck it up. Good morning. Welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified, West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show coming at you from the Pico Youth Center in the city of Santa Monica. Sitting across from me, my co-host and partner, Indian, Mad Indian, is... Chumahan Bowen. American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian here. In the morning, once again, to get you tuned up, straightened out, learned up. I got big lux in the room. Yeah. We got the Indian in the room. And. We are. It sounds so great. Yeah. We uh, we're we're it's just the dynamic duo right yeah, now. Yeah, brother. Yeah, we've had a good day though so far. So far, we have an excellent, excellent day. We've had a whole slew of shows, and right now, Mister and Mrs. Earbuds, you might want to get on the edge of your seat. Yeah, of, yeah. Because right now, you are front and center with Steve Lucky, Luciano, Chumahan Bowen, and uh, Old Blue Eyes is DJing a bake sale right now. Mm-hmm. So it's just us two. Mike, uh, Big Pick Mike is out in Santa Clarita covering some kind of a event, and uh, Calco's out in the valley handling some kind of right. Event. And it's just me and the Indian, me and my red brother. That's right, holding down the show like we do, holding down the fort here at PYFC in That's the city right. of Santa Monica. That's right, People's Champ Oscar De La Torre. Vote for him. Yes, a vote for man. him is a vote for Santa Monica. Oscar and big shout out to. 
Alex Alondra. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, this goes right into what we were just talking about before the show. I mean, you're a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. But day in, day out, whether how we feel, whether we feel happy about it, whether we don't, whether we're stressed, whether we're angry, whatever it is, we're holding down the show. We show up. Absolutely, we are. As a matter of fact, we're going to give them a little sound bite. Right. Who give is you guys that? a little sound bite, you guys. Um, and this is a gentleman um, that, uh, you know, is on Instagram. His, um, his, his Instagram name is Mindset Dojo. Okay? Mindset Dojo. And uh, he's got some good things. I want you guys just to hear this. We're going to talk about this, but, but peep it out for a second real quick. All right, so uh, now listen, guys. We're me and me and Chumahan, I think, are, are two rational guys, and I think you know we're not saying or agreeing directly with. Okay, you know you don't need to be happy. You don't need. To be, we're not saying that, but I'm hoping that you guys are are clear enough to understand the message that's that's being put forth. And and I do, Chumahan, I do think that sometimes people in general men and women are so concerned with minute to minute if they're happy if they're experiencing joy and every minute or and analyzing and looking am i happy i'm happy like and i don't know that life for anyone consists of 24 hours or 18 hours of straight happiness all the time and that being the determining factor on if your life is good because you're tantalized every two seconds i don't even know if that's and so when i listen to that guy imagine i mean really think about if you met somebody who was ecstatic for like 10 straight hours what you would actually think of them you'd have to kill them (laughs) i mean you'd be like either kill them or put them in a loony bin because that's not normal or natural it's not real it's not real no like to be crazily like happy or joyous like 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 and i and i think he because he used the word happy again at the end of that right Mm -hmm. he said if you didn't think about and check your pulse your happiness pulse every two seconds right you just did what were the things that were part of the steps of your overall goal like is it fitness is it relationships is it all of it but whatever you would be and he says it at the end happier Yes. If you just consistently did that instead of checking the pulse of if you're happy or not all the time. Right. And I can't agree with that part right. more. I agree with that. looking around, seeing, am I accomplishing things? Am I respected? Right. You know, those type of things bring me the feeling. And I don't know if it's so much happy, but it makes me feel good. It makes me... That's why I use the term fulfilled. Fulfilled, absolutely. More now. Because how, how do you define happiness? Right, like, what do you mean by that? Like, the Dalai Lama right. says we all want to be happy, but in his mind, he might mean like fulfilled. Right, right. right. Like, you have a purpose. Mm-hmm. There's meaning. 
you, you're not questioning and living in doubt and fear all day, right? You, you feel fulfilled and what you do means something to you. So that's why I used to wear fulfilled because I tell a lot of people that there's a lot of things that fulfill me that on the front end might even be a little bit of a kind of a bummer when I think about it. Like, oh, I got to do this, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And then when I'm done doing it, I'm glad I did it. It adds to fulfillment. There's parts about being a father where, you know, you're like, you know, I'm tired. <laughs> Dude, for me, there's a, one of the hardest things for me about like the fatherhood part is when I come home from work and I'm exhausted. Mm. Or I'm just, I just need a minute, right? But the baby wants to play. And I got to go to bed at 8 or 8.30 because I got to get up early. Mm-hmm. And there's a piece of me that is burned out. I'm like, ah, I don't want to fucking, my, you know, she wants to go outside. She wants to run. She wants to race. She wants to kick the ball. All this shit. So there's a piece of me that's like, man, a little burned out. Like, man, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. But I do like being a father. I do like understanding that I, I have to step up a little bit of my energy level to work with somebody who needs help in the world, right? Yeah. And then when I'm done with it, I'm so glad, and it adds meaning, but it doesn't mean that I'm always so happy at the front end of it. Right, yeah. I was just mentioning a, 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 a mutual friend of ours, P, yeah. who I look at and I admire because no matter what the feelings are, he had some makes it happen seven days. I mean, he he just, he's a beast like that. I had mentioned to Stevan as well. He's like, through the years, I've noticed him, no matter what's going on, man, he just, he fa- he mans up and handles his business every single day. You're one of those guys. That's why you're my, big part of why you're my partner. I, I know that. I don't have to worry about you catching some fucking feeling, and then you're not going to handle what we need to handle. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's a huge part of you being my partner. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I mean, you really are, and I and I learned from you. And you know, having somebody, I think in one of these videos that this guy does, mm-hmm. he actually says, like, if you don't have people around you checking you on that, right. on your feelings, and and not, then what do you have them around for? And I have guys like you in my life, as like Estevan P, you know, guys that are operating like Alter and Burner right next to me, and. And and these guys are all all you guys are all operating at a conscious level with um, an eye on the prize, a goal in mind, conscious that you have a family. All these things that do not let you kind of sink into the earth and into your feelings. You really don't have time for that. You know, when we first met, I wasn't like that. Uh, I haven't been like that at, at points in time in my life to my detriment. So, but I'm saying when we first met at the log cabin. Right, and I asked for your help, mm-hmm. and you didn't push me away. You didn't. Um, I definitely was not. I was way in my feelings, way, whoa, bro, so deep in my feelings and paralyzed in life completely. That's what we. That's alcoholism. It was, but like, so even when I put the bottle down, mm-hmm, the sure. feelings were still in my hand course so when we started working together initially i was lost bro fucking lost and when um when i 
was working with you, right, to me at that time, you were the vision of, to me, somebody that was cutting into life and carving a path. Oh, I, I was absolutely the guy where I didn't have time for feelings. Right. It was going to happen every day. Right. No, you're right. Absolutely. But I mean, to a certain extent, that's why I, I wanted what you had. Gotcha. I wanted what you I saw you. I didn't really know anything about you except for some of the things I heard you say and how you looked. That was it. Right. So how does anybody know anybody? That's how people, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I know that's how it works in a lot of ways. Go right, ahead. Yeah. right. So when I saw you, I was like, man, I'm like, I knew whatever it was that you had, I needed to learn what that was. I didn't need, I needed to learn. I needed to learn from you. That's mm. the truth. I appreciate that, Juman. And it reminds me because I sometimes I forget. But, but I tell you, bro, you've been knowing me long enough to where you got to see all that stuff fall away, too. You got to see me I'll, I'll tell you the truth, not man. be that guy. That was one of your biggest lessons to me of all time. Yeah. Because yeah. when those things did fall away, I'll tell you a couple things. And I've never forgotten this as long as I live. This is why you're my partner. Hmm. When things were falling away for you personally... The things you actually told to me hmm. were helpful to me. You didn't give, you didn't besmirch to me. I don't know what you said to other people. Mm -hmm. well, quite frankly, I don't care. But when you and I were working together, you never besmirched the path to me. You mm -hmm. didn't say to me like, oh, that's bullshit. Or you know mm -hmm. what, I learned a whole new thing. Or you mm -hmm. know what, you want fuck that. Or, none of that. Right. Whatever you were going through, you carried, the, you carried the banner whenever I called. Mm. Now, some people, you might look at that and say, like, yeah, because I was lying or I wasn't fully in it. Or, but the way that I saw it was that for you, whatever you personally were going through, you were not going to let that interfere with what you knew the right message for me was. Mm. I didn't believe in any of these messages necessarily because... I thought that you were successful or not successful. I was pretty clear on that the struggle is real and more complex than we want to make it. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, when you were telling me those things, but other things were falling away and I was there to see that, in my mind, what I saw was a guy on, on, a, on a boat that shipwrecked and you were still putting your hand out to me, even though it wasn't going so good for you. And to me, mm. I was like, that's why sometimes, I mean, I tell people, I'm like, yeah, but whatever you said to me was the right thing. Oh. He didn't let that go. And I'm not making more of it than it is because of the show or anything. I'm telling you, that's honest to God. Because that's how I, that's actually how I experienced it. And that's how I saw you. Mm. Now, do I think there's things that all of us can work on? Blah, 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 blah. Yes. But that's your personal thing between you and your deal. Not me. You showed up for me for all of those things. And also, you taught me a huge lesson of I can't look to somebody else's whatever they're going through to determine what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. do you know, does, that, does that make sense what I'm saying to you? Like, like, you did what you could, and then there was a point where you're like, okay, now I'm doing this other thing, mm -hmm. right? I can't make that the determination of what I'm going to do. Hell no. If I do, then I'm quitting. Then I might even be pissing on some of the work that we did together. I, I, absolutely, bro. Right? Because you weren't doing all that to me. 
No. So that's how I experienced it. That's why I carried on. That's why later, when it was time for us to reconnect, that's why it was time for us to reconnect. Yeah. Man, I, I tell you, man, like, that, I think stuff like that, well, I appreciate that because the, the realm and the community that we're in, that we were in, uh, sometimes they're pretty, um, I don't know. Uh, judgmental. Judgmental, there was, a, there was a word I was looking for, but yes. And uh, you don't get that through everybody. And especially if you continue to kind of bounce around. Yeah. There's people that really take it personal. Right. Take the whole thing personal. Right. And so that whole process, though, burned me out for five years of coming and going. I got real burned out. I took it personal, too. And uh, But th- now I look back, and through that process, I got to find out the guys that stayed with me that never took it personal. The guys that took my calls, and they're like, I don't care, bro, if you're loaded or not. You're my friend. Mm. You know, we can still get lunch. I don't want to see you do that, but you want to come and hang out with me or you want to talk? My phone. Those guys, and those guys have remained sober. They're happy in their sobriety. And those guys are today, that's my support system. Right. I got to go through all that to find out who was really the guys I wanted to be like, you know? And that's my support system. But what I will say, man, is like, I think just until recently, even that recovery, I was like, uh, that guy that you met, he had all those feelings still going on, but he dismissed them. Right. He didn't have anywhere to put them. Right. They were piling up. Right. Okay? Yeah. And they were only going to pile so high until they got to be answered to. Right. That's the way I've lived my life. Mm-hmm. I ignore these feelings. I don't give them any value. But yet every morning, they're stuck and I've got to dish them over. Mm-hmm. Dish them over. Until one day I wake up and that pile's outweighing everything else I got going on and I go get loaded. It's like a pressure cooker. Yeah. Now, until very recently, I've not known what to do with those things. And I might pull off a lot of time, might pull out a little time. And just recently, I've, you know, some people suggested some things to me and uh, it's changed everything in my life, man. My whole life has changed. My whole life has changed more in the last couple months maybe six weeks or so, uh, I think I've grown more as a man than I ever have. I think I've come to understand some things. Um, But I'm not going to get deep into that. But what I am going to say is the things that would stack up, uh, I honor them, they're valid, and I'm able to um, efficiently, healthily put them in their place today. Yeah, They don't, they're not more powerful than me. My feelings and uh, my attitude towards them, they are, they're right size today. They're not stacking up. I've been able to like, kind of like, they're gone. At 24 hours at a time, they're gone. Right. You, you know, does, I don't, does what I'm making make sense right now, what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, so, <clears throat> yes, because what you're saying to a certain extent is you're not pretending that they're not there, they don't crop up. But you're also saying that like 24 hours at a time, I'm willing to deal, let loose, reallocate, whatever it is. Let go of them. Let go of them for now. Like just presently so that I'm dealing with it currently without 
pretending or ignoring it so it builds up. Yeah, man. And it's definitely a, you know, I've heard this for the last 20 years. I've heard about surrenders. I've heard about letting go. Yeah. And I think I have at levels, but I don't think that I've given up my ideas to an extent really until recently. I don't think that I've completely relied on, and I'm not going to, I'll say a creator or a power greater than myself, something bigger than me. Yeah. Something's been helping me this whole ways. Yeah. And I feel like just recently I got to a place where for me, the self-reliance part, um, that's not on my shoulders anymore. And that was part of the pressure cooker is me having to figure it all out and deal with it. I don't feel like that today. That's not my practice and my belief today. It really isn't. There's something bigger taking care of all this, man. I just need to show up. Right. Sober. Right. And when I'm sober, I I naturally move towards the guy that I don't really I want to be I want to be good at everything. I want to be a solid businessman. I want to be a solid father. I want to be a solid grandfather. I want to fucking be stronger than everybody in the gym. I want to eat clean. I want to, I want to be the manager of the sober living. I want to be the fucking director. At the, I want to rise to the top at everything. That's just naturally who I want to be sober minded. Yeah. It's only with this disease that I believe I have that if it's, if it's not treated on a daily basis, my feelings become more important than anything. And eventually my feelings will lead me to something that has to help those feelings. Right? That, that's to, for me right. to deal with those feelings. I agree. And that's with something that. outside of myself, and that's and that starts off my demise. You know, I think that's. I mean, <clears throat> I have the same thing you have. I want to be the best at everything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when the palm reader was here, like I hit her up like eight times until she <laughs> she finally was like, "Yes, all right, you're fucking you're special. Yes, you're special, <laughs> motherfucker. And we've never seen one like right, you, right? Right, right." And, you know, I used to, so I still have that, but I got auto, automatic limitations. Like, it's not even about me, right? There's just automatic, I'm only going to be so tall. I'm only going to be so big. I'm only going to live so long. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, so, but the desire is like infinite, right? The desire outstrips the realities of life. Yeah, I just know a lot of dudes that are already like your age. We're not even going to get into my age. Yeah. That are already like giving up, dude. Right. Think about that. I do, actually. Look I, around you, bro. You I see do. it. Dude, I see it. I see it in different manifestations, too. Like, it's easy to point to a homeless person if that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. And say, like, well, that person, if they're not crazy or whatever, but that person just decided, fuck it. I'm going to do drugs over everything else, and I don't give a fuck. Right? That's right. easy to kind of look at. Cause it's, you could, but you got a lot of people that are not doing what they love. They're stuck in a job that they don't like, right? They don't feel there's any meaning in it or whatever you want to call it. And they've quit. I mean, they're homeless in a cubicle, basically. Yeah. And they've put too much ducats in the plan B that they don't think they can step away from plan B. Remember, Petty Snacks was telling us that. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> I see that in so many manifestations. 
And I think about David Bowie, because I've been studying David Bowie, because one of the things we want to do is do a David Bowie show with you. Yeah, dude. I was a fucking man. Changed just, my life, that guy. Well, I, was, I watched a couple of his concerts, and I was looking at these, these events. I mean, it's more than just a concert, right? It's like, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the spiders from Mars. Yeah, right? dude. And the whole thing... Right, how he sets it all up, Ugh. visually, all the stuff, right? And you can see that probably guys like Prince and other people got those Fully, ideas. Holy brother, co- do not be confused. Absolutely. Right. Because I'm also, every time I look at guys like that, entertainers at that level, communicators, right? At Courage. Well, I think about this show. I spent a lot of time thinking about this show, about like, what is this? How are we... We can go on that topic at another time, maybe. But my point in saying all that is, is that a guy like David Bowie didn't quit. And he could have along the way. And when I say quit, I don't mean stopped, you know, trying to be. He could have like, and and if you're a producer, don't get all butthurt. I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying David Bowie. Mm -hmm. He could have off ramped into a music career. Made plenty of money, been respectable, but wasn't changing the world or kicking off the 70s, mm-hmm. the style, everything. He could have off-ramped years before he became known as David Bowie, and sure. nobody would have blamed him. Only person that would have known he'd quit was him. So I look at guys like that, you know, and I look around me all the time, and I'm like, man, like... That's why I, I put a lot into a lot of different things that I do. But I didn't get there. I didn't start out there. Like I said, I was quitting when I met you. Right. So then we went through what we went through. And, I mean, you helped me be clear on what a man is. Like, at first it was, oh, a man's a big guy with muscles and tattoos and he's not afraid to fight and all this other shit, which is partially true. It's partially. But then you also show me some other things, that there's some demons and some devils that, dude, if you want to be a man, you got to beat those ones too because they'll take you down. Absolutely. Right? Hell yeah. And so you opened a path for me to define for myself what a man is to a certain extent. And... And, I, and, and that's another thing, and I mean, I don't really talk about it much, but that's one of the things that I'm super grateful to you about. Like, I, I think about that. Like, I'm like, you know, you were fighting battles and stuff, and a lot of that taught me that, like, part of being a man is dealing with the interior shit, too, because it'll get you if you don't. You know, you know, there's been a lot of times where I've been able to carry off the outside ideas of what, I don't know, society deems as a man or the visuals on it or the exterior part. <laughs> and that might be easy for me, you know, like it's not really the work isn't there. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot that I carry inside that only I know. And there's a lot um, from a scared kid, a hurt kid, um, maybe resentful at God kid, you know. 
um, resentful of myself. And, and, and you listen, you start stacking this shit up over and over through the years and uh, you have a reason to be depressed. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. uh, you should be. <laughs> you're fucking, when your life's fucking, you're <laughs> fucked up and you're the primary cause of it. Right. But <laughs> right. like guilt and shame and stuff. And um, it, it, for me, in my process, and my life isn't going to ha- go the way that your life or somebody listening is like, we're all different. But my process, where my demons were and how they were going to come out, it's taken me. It's taken me the big chunk of my life to come to to come to a place with it and understand or not understand it. That's the wrong word. Um, come to peace. Yeah. And it's, 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 I've lost so much and beat up and wasted so much time in many senses that, uh, I'm so, I woke up so grateful. I got struck so grateful for what I have. I just don't want to gamble anymore. I'm like, and I realized too that the only person that I was up against was me this whole time, bro. It was, it's always been me. It was right. always me. It was the outside factors had a long, happened a long time ago, man. This is about me fighting or dealing with me. The struggle was with me. And uh, letting go after being dragged was my, you know, I got, I was dragged. I didn't let go right away. I had to be dragged (laughs) for a while. And that's why you see me in my fifties. I had to be dragged for a while, but that was mine. Um, Yeah, I could have let go early. Yeah, I wish I would have known some things I know now, but that's life, bro. It's life, like, it's all good. I'm here and- um, You know what, I think about all that because there was something you said to me that touches on what you said back then. I'll never forget it. I've never forgot. It's been t- whatever it's been, 17 years. I never forgot whatever it is. And I remember um, part of the the group that we were in, you know, service work. And so, you know, you pick different things that you might do at a, at a place to help out. And so the thing that I picked, right, was the setting up the chairs. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. I was doing the service work, you know, I was doing the other work and I, you know, I was lying to you by telling you I was doing great, doing great all the time. Man, feeling great, you know. <laughs> Sometimes when you first come in, you know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the first thing you tell everybody is like, it's all good. Yeah. This is just a little, it's all working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't do But I finally told you the truth. Like, eh, it's not going good. I'm feeling like shit. And we walked through the different things we we're doing. And I remember I said, I don't get it, man. I'm doing service work. <sighs> Lucky, mm. I'm doing su- I'm doing service work, man. I feel like shit, man. This shit ain't shit. And then you said to me, you go, well, maybe putting chairs out is easy for you. Yeah, that's what you said to me. Yeah, you did say that to me. Yeah. He goes, sir, you told me service work isn't just about doing something for somebody else. It's also about challenging yourself and doing something you don't want to do. Inconveniencing ah. yourself. And you go, you go, maybe getting up early and showing up at the spot and setting up chairs, that, that might be hard for somebody else, but maybe that ain't that hard for you. So you ask me point blank, you're like, what don't you want to do? And yeah. I knew instantly what yeah, it was. Yeah. I go, I don't want to stick my hand out. <laughs> you need to be a greeter. That's exactly yeah, what you said. Dude. And I did. I did do that. No. And I felt like a total fucking douchebag mm-hmm. for like months because I'd sit there and be like, 
Hi, I'm you know <laughs> Chumahan. How are you? Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on in. Yeah, Welcome yeah. home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hated that. Glad to have you. Glad nice to see you. Yeah. I hate. I didn't even like walking in and having greeters greet me. Right. I was like, man, don't look at me, man. You'd rather just slip right by. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did that, and you know what? Now I look at that moment. Your advice when I meet people now. I think back to that. I go, the reason why, so sometimes my wife is like, you know, she's a little bit more standoffish, right? Mm -hmm. She's like, how can you just go up? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm telling you, it all started way back when. Now it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> now I like it. Now Me I too. actually enjoy it. Me too, right. man. Me too. Right. Put someone else at ease and say, come on. Absolutely, but brother. I look for those guys. So that was one, that was a specific, particular event that you showed me like or you said you explained to me that principle that just some things are harder whatever is hard for you is the thing not yes the general public yeah because i've been yeah. hiding out that way for a long time because there's a lot of things that do come easy to me right but it's hard for uh, other people dude i i didn't hear this in a room of of, of recovery i came up with this in, in, in native, in, instinctively. Mm -hmm. We're at a meeting and somebody announces so-and-so killed himself mm. at a meeting. And right away, people start crosstalk sharing. Bro, I don't know. This guy works such a good program. Mm. This guy, people are like, dude, this guy was just observant. This guy, was, and the whole thing from the moment I heard them say it inside was like, but what if all that stuff was easy for that dude? Right. But because at some point in time, he wasn't doing something inside. And right? only he knows. And only he knows that. Yeah. But this was like, I didn't need to hear this. Over the years, I heard what I already knew to be true in my own heart. Right. And it's, it's, and it's true in my life. I'm able to like show up for some guys and, this, that, and make coffee real good at the service work. You right, know, like right. make coffee, sweet chairs, pick up cigarettes, <laughs> like all that shit, all that. But you want me to fucking get down on my knees or yeah. I've got to write, I got to be honest and tell myself with it. Like, and those things yeah. were part of the things that were lacking. And these are part of the things that I was unwilling to do up until recently, man. Right recently right and those things have caught me that's why i'm saying letting go and a, a real surrender in the areas that count i can surrender you. to driving in a motherfucker for an hour back to his treatment center when i really want to go home and fuck some you know what i'm saying right i'll do it okay right. i get it god i'm gonna <laughs> but ask me to fucking tell on myself to my sponsor make that <sighs> phone call that hey you know what i think i'm gonna jump on these meds <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm not trying to get high. I just, it's going to help me to, you know, like I need these men, you know? Mm. So, or, you know, get honest, you know, like th those things, man. And and if it's like, I can almost let go of the other things <laughs> because it's those things I need to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, I totally know. It's 80 20 rule. It's 80 20 rule. I 100% know. I 100% know. Absolutely 100% know the whole vibe of. I can sacrifice this shit so long as I know I got this one. 
and nobody has to understand it. That's kind of a little bit what my nicotine is, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little mm-hmm. bit me like going like, all right, right, right. I'm You're not like, gonna break up in no handcuffs because of nicotine. And that is partial. I'm not gonna lie. That is partially what it is. And I, I say like, look, the only thing that's different now is I've told the entire world, including my wife and everybody, about it. And I can't run because my wife every once in a while goes, yeah, but you're a father now. You know, you want our daughter to see you dying and all this other kind of stuff. And I have to, I have to admit that as much as I talk about being a great dad, I haven't given that up. I think about it from time to time. like a fuck. Yeah, I struggle with that one too because of my smoking. Yeah, and but that's the other part. So, so... In this journey, I think a lot of I think it's not other people's fault that they forget. I I put on a mask of competence and like aggression and like knowledge and all the shit, right? And I I do it at such a level that I think the people around me forget or they don't know like where I really started out at. That the reason why I talk a lot of shit is mainly because I've been there. I really know. The, the, it it. It may be, you know that Jumahan really like not the guy you saw in the log cabin, right? Not that, and not what you think is a man and what you wanted from me. It may not be any of that stuff, yeah. and it may be yeah. that we're the same, and we both came like we're both seeking something in each other because we're both looking to heal or looking to find a common ground dude like i listen to your stories mm-hmm. and i've said it before dude i know about sitting in a fucking car or a room for like four or five hours while my dad goes and does some shit and i've got to sit there and figure out how to entertain myself or or these difficult fucking well, scary things that being treated like a man when you're fucking five years old well listen let me tell you something I mean, you, you know, know what I'm saying right now, without right? Going, I absolutely do. Without going into too much detail, let's just put it like this. Um, from a body standpoint, we have similarities. Mm-hmm. Easy to put on weight, yep. right? All that stuff, right? Yep. Second, um, a relationship with older women, right? Yeah. From, from a different, like... Well, you know, Older women at a time when maybe that shouldn't have been happening, right? We have a similar kind of. Yep. We yes. also have similar inappropriate da- older women type yeah, thing. Yeah. Right. Right. right, right. Yeah. And I, I don't mind pointing out that, but I'm, I'm respectful of the fact that you got a whole other thing. And then the other piece of it is like similar father issues. Yes. Right. And then same journey on to trying to figure out how to deal, like get sober, get cleaned up, do whatever we're gonna do. All of that, and I'll even do one even better for you. Even a similar, like, identity thing where it's like, and I'll just speak for myself, but <clears throat> not being full-blooded Indian, growing up on a reservation that my tribe's not from, Pshala, but I did grow up on the reservation, having the actual blood quantum that actually is official to be enrolled in a tribe come from my mother who wasn't in my life mm. and, and having to do all the work to get that worked out, Right. And then feeling like maybe I'm not a legitimate Indian. Mm-hmm. Like actually having that insecurity, even though, I mean, I went to reservation school and did all this other shit, but feeling like I don't have the right necessarily because 
you know, my tribe's the Sklalem tribe, but I grew up on the Puyallup Indian Reservation. I'm not full-blooded, and I'm not stuck back there like everyone else is. Mm. So do I have the right to claim the experiences that I actually had? Mm-hmm. And especially because I don't fit the, the, the stereotype of what everyone on the outside is going to expect of me. And I can only imagine, I don't know, that there may be some similarities given that you have bona fides, right, in, in certain communities. You were there. You had real experiences that you would chalk up to. Well, he's from this area. So that's his, right. But deep, deep down, there's a question there because of biology or whatever. Yeah, I was Italian Jew and this and that. That's why sometimes when you say, like, I've, when we've talked about certain things, and I actually, now I was like, you know, I think... Even though it's an Italian and Jewish, I'm like, you lived the life and went through the experiences that I do think, you know, you can't undo that. You can't undo that, the Chicano aspect, to be able to speak on it and to talk about it because you actually lived it. But that didn't happen until, uh, you know, you know, the end of junior high into high school. What do you mean? Like... That wasn't my experience early on. Right. Early on, I was a poor kid that looked like he might be Mexican-ish or Latin. Right. But I'm Jewish. I'm around all these rich kids mm. that are picking on me because I'm poor. And I can't fit in there. Mm. And I can't fit in with the other kids. And I don't measure up. And, you know, it's, it's real identity problems. Real, like, where do I go? Who am I really? Right. And what can I cling on to and make mine? And I think part of like the Chicano thing, I felt accepted and I took that on and I loved, fell in love with that, with that community and those people. And, and I, I feel like I am Rasa. But, but, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, because of that. So let's say the, we can say the early part, but there has to be a point at which when you actually live the life. Well, you did. You were an Indian, bro. Right. You lived the struggle. I did. Yeah. I really did. You really did. Like you had, you suffered, you got the things, the good things too. Yep. But you suffered the consequences and yep. got to feel that and live in that. I still do. But, but point being for you, that's what I think about. Like when you're like low rasa, I'm like, you were, like you did do those things. You did experience. Now, like you said, in the beginning, maybe not, but like at what point? Have the dues been paid where you can legitimately to yourself say, that's a piece of me. Like, it, you, I don't care what you say. You can say whatever you want. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, all identity is fucking made up anyway. Right. Yeah. We're human beings. I mean, the, 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 the Indian that we think we know and all that stuff, right? That's a lot of that is a caricature. It's not the real one. You know, yeah, all of the yeah. people I talk to on the West Side and all this other stuff about being American Indian, they never want to talk about all the mass graves of the children at the boarding schools at the hands of the Catholic Church here in the United States. They don't talk about that. Like, imagine if you would, I mean, the Carlisle School, right? You send all these Indian kids, not that long ago, my great-grandmother went to one of these schools to learn the white man's way. And 10% of them die there with no questions asked about how it happened or why it happened. They're just dead, right? And it's an institution run by a bunch of people who want to have a bunch of brown children underneath them. They die. I mean, imagine if... Well, One put, child died. 
10% would graduate, 10% would die. Yet as good a chance to graduate or die. Crazy. And you're a kid away from your mom and dad. And think about this. What if they discovered a Muslim school? I'm not saying this really exists. Just think about it to try to understand the amount of trauma or outrage this would make. You had a, a Muslim school in the United States, in Utah, Mormon school. You take a Mormon school in Utah and you go, we're taking all of the Christian kids, the Catholics that don't believe in Mormonism, they're gonna come to this school. And then later you discover that 10% of those kids were killed, died. Like how, do you, think, how do you think people would react to that? Mormons killing like normal Christian kids. Like how would the nation react to that? That's just a part of our story. That's just, part, that's just what's there. Mm. So when we think about like for you, the Raza, the Jewish part of you, even the Italian part of you, like all of that stuff, what people think about it doesn't really match what's really going on. Absolutely. 100%. So that's why when I think about our issues, like you were saying, like maybe we did recognize each other on different levels for different things. Yeah, I think subconsciously for sure. And the more I got to know you, uh, the more I realized that, you know, you, you, you had a rough upbringing. I mean, my mom was there. Yeah. You know, so I don't know what that would feel like because I know that especially up until I was taken to um, foster care, like I was a mama's boy. Yeah. If I would have just been left with my dad, it'd be, I, I might not be here right now. Mm -hmm. It was a whole different story. My dad was so hard that my mom was like the softer part, right? Right. So I know that you didn't have that. You were just with your dad and, and dealing with a man raising you, which, you know, for whatever it did to you, I mean, these qualities have made you who you are one sure. way or another, you know? Right. Um, but that stuff, I, I tell you, man, I was writing the other day and I was like, who the hell am I and how did I get here? And I started writing in the morning and the stuff that I was writing was that I was really meditating and thinking on it. Who the hell am I and how did I end up in this position? And I just went from the beginning and just started writing and you know, Somewhere at some age when I was very young, I latched on or caught a feeling that I was less than, that I wasn't enough for this place or these people mm -hmm. or any of it. And somehow, some way, that I, I stayed on it so long that it became a belief system. And I began to shame myself where I came from and who I was. And by living like that and believing that, whatever was being taught or modeled or whatever, just reinforce, reinforce, reinforce. And by the time I was 13, somebody or somehow there was this idea or concept that there was something that would change my headspace, yeah. would make me not feel these feelings. Yeah. And by that 13, I needed that. And, and kind of like, I'm not going to get into it further than that, but that was kind of, and it made sense to me. Let me take this and it's going to make me not. And what it made me do is n not care anymore. Right. You know, that was it. It didn't make me forget or go away. It just made me not care for the time that it lasted. Right. And that was ultimately right there. That was what got me to here. And however long I believed in that. And then even after that, when I realized that wasn't working, you know, but whatever. 
But it was that little combination right there that led me on my path. And uh, <laughs> I've never had that like simple, simple clarity of like, you know, and it all started with a, a lie, a belief of a lie that I wasn't enough. When you say that, like, it makes me just realize just how powerful the human mind is. Because think about all the stuff that you did. I mean, good and bad, right? Everything, right? Behind a philosophy. The narrative. So powerful. This is why I... So this is why I push this whole like, concept of like <clears throat> study philosophy, study the ideas, because if you can change your idea in your, in your narrative, right? Like, like you're at a very powerful place if you can say like, it was because I had this belief and that's all it was. It wasn't true. And I'm not gonna fight everything to figure out whether it was true or not. I'm just saying it was a it was a belief that I got from somebody else. They made me say, or they said, or even my experience was such that I wasn't strong enough to do X, Y, whatever that was. I wasn't enough for this place and these people. So I have to now, right, do something about my headspace. It it I remember in this writing because it was only a couple of days ago. It was definitely I said I caught a feeling and an idea. Yeah, and I played with it so much that it became a narrative. It went from a thought that I would think about every now and then to a, the narrative in my life, the self talk in my head yeah. that I believed yeah. it's not going to work out. So I'm, I'm up against this thing, and by the 13, 12, 13, I needed relief from that. But it was the narrative. And I said when I was in San Francisco, for the first time in my life, the most powerful thing that happened to me yeah. was that the narrative, it the narrative it changed in my life. It was the most, you're right, it was the most, the biggest difference in, was that. Now I've come across some new things right now. Sure. But even through that, the narrative had changed. The narrative changed for me in, in this last, when I was in Frisco, man, doing work. The narrative, that narrative I carried my whole life. I realized it as a lie. That wasn't, that didn't need to be my truth. That you wasn't know, my truth. But you know what's funny about, what's hard about that is that, what's hard about what you're putting your finger on is that the narrative, you have to, what, I don't know what, every person's different, but you have to go through whatever it is you have to go through to prove that the narrative is a lie. You're not gonna be able to believe it's a lie because somebody told you it's a lie. You have to do whatever it is that you're going to do. I couldn't believe it until it failed me utterly and completely and I had no choice. <laughs> How about that? I mean, that's why I'm saying. Like, until you get to that, you, you, it doesn't matter. Because you, 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 probably people told you, oh, that's a lie. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. We all know. But they just die with that belief system. What are you talking about? Exactly. So you can even know it's a lie, but it, you're not able to fucking change the belief or change the narrative, whatever it is. Because the thing of it is, is, is it is premised. You know, it is premised on a belief. It's premised on a belief. And these beliefs come from somewhere. And usually growing up, the beliefs come from your family. Your culture, television, internet. 
these are outside things that are telling you stories and showing you stories over and over and over again that eventually become a belief. And once that belief is in place, it's really hard to knock that belief out. And that belief, like you said, you could die over a belief like that. And it's, it's, it's so deep in you. That's why it's real, man. And that voice that's talking to you in your voice. Yeah. You know, it might, that, that 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 voice it talks to me in my own voice. I I don't know, Chumahan, but what I what I I don't know if you gain hope or you're born with hope or I don't know how that works, but I feel like through it all, at least through being exposed to recovery, like I've I've had a sense of hope, man. That it, it can, if I'm willing to show up, it can. Um, but yeah, Chumahan, for the listeners out there, man, I don't know if you're really not happy with where you're at, if you're really, you may have to change, (laughs) may change your belief system and your, you know, you may have to try something new or, or let go better. I say to you, maybe let be willing to let go of your ideas that have not served you or are not serving you. I think that, man, you really said it. It's something that we can all really take stock in. I, I, being able to examine and being able to examine what you believe. I mean, dude, you, how hard is it to just get to what you really believe? Like, how many times have people asked you your belief systems and this and that, and you t- tell them a good one, but do you really know how you're acting? Do you know what you're acting on? Mm. You know, do you know truly like I believe I'm a piece of shit? You know, you most piece of shits that I know that I talk to, they don't they they tell you they believe they're the greatest thing that ever happened. It's very rare for right, a piece of shit right. to admit like actually I believe I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Cuz and that's why you have to point at the actions. But all of it all of it's a lie. That's why I think about, that's why I'm so big on the advertising and the families and all this other stuff. Because I'm like, all of that is contributing to us feeling we're not good enough. Yes, there's family things, Mm -hmm. then there's social things, and then there's all these other things that make us feel we're not good enough. And then you also get this weird narrative from your parents, from your family, from everywhere else too, that this is going to fix it. Mm. And so, of course, a young kid in... Southern California who's miserable in his head at 13 is going to be like, I need to change this headspace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes total sense at 13. I mean, at least for me, it did. And listen, you have pharmaceutical industry is completely built on that business model. Take this pill and change your headspace instead of why don't you examine what you believe? And determine whether that's even true. And if you can accept that it's possible that it's not true. You don't even have to say it's not true. Just that it's possible. You may be opening a door to a new freedom. That can relieve a lot of pressure. Yes, man. (laughs) 
I, I don't have any overwhelmingness or depression when I'm taking care of my, the inside. For me. Right. And I'm thinking there's got to be a couple things I have to do in order to maintain on this planet. Right. And uh, through changing some belief systems and try, being willing enough to try some other things, I found that I'm just fine without any of it. You know, I, but I have to work on the inside. I have to do something for myself. But listen, man, good show. Yeah, um, fantastic. Show. Listen, man, I don't. You know what? We do this, and and we hope that the listeners got something. But right. I got to be honest on this one. This was for me and me. Yeah, like yeah. me, me and Chumahan. Yeah, we got to get off our chest. We got to get into some solution. Yeah, and, and air it out and talk it out. And this show was good for me. It was great for me. I sometimes I don't think I get enough of a chance to tell you all that you mean to me. Hey, brother, I, I admire you. You're my partner for a reason. You're a resilient, strong dude. <laughs> Thank you. So are you. You're definitely resilient, bro. <laughs> mm. and, and and let me just end it with saying, you know, in our program, there's a story of or this early guy early off of uh, alcohol and drugs calls his sponsor and he's like i feel sad i'm weak i'm depressed i feel this and i'm that and that and 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 the sponsor goes i don't give a fuck how you feel what are you doing right straight up bro and um and the guy wasn't doing nothing he was just sitting there feeling bad all the time you know wasn't doing anything and so i say to say that to say that you know like I gotta sometimes I have to say fuck how I'm feeling yeah and if I start taking the right actions those feelings will go away right and my feet will get me to where I need to be it, it I, what I think I've felt is that all of these things eventually go away like it, none, none yeah. of it's gonna be permanent none of it so don't get caught up in it don't worry about it and there I'm gonna give a big shout out to a butch lesbian named Michelle Longo mm. she was somebody who was mentoring me okay and this chick was a strong individual and really good at talking the shtick, the whole thing, leadership. And <clears throat> one of the things that she told me, she because I was telling her about how I felt, and da, 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 just like you said, and she turned to me and she goes, fuck your, your feelings. feelings. That's it. What are you committed to? Nice. And I was like, Phew. So, it's going to big shout out to Butch Lesbians all across the world. God bless you. Leadership can come in all shapes and sizes. All shapes and sizes. What does it matter where wisdom comes from if it's true? Damn, that's deep. <laughs> that's deep. All right. All right. Listen. Listen, you, you, you got to be in on a very special conversation between Big Lux and I. Don't beseech me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, listen. Um... Hard Luck Show, right. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You can always find new shows, but you can certainly listen to it seven days a week and deep dip into our catalog library. Three, find some gold. 323 episodes now. Jesus Christ. Fucking A, bro. We're about to hit that. There's one for every day of the year. We are about to hit. That's right. right. Fuck, that's Then we'll have to change it all. We'll have to be like, listen to the Hard Luck Show. 365 days a year. You always find something new. That's true. Yeah. There's not a single show that you'll know where we're going, how it's going to get there, where we end up. Fucking God bless this show. Supermaxhardware.com. We're dropping our summer capsule collection. 
June 3rd. So keep an eye on that. Cookies, SF, check us out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vibes Papers, check us out. Um, and Candle Buds. Candle Buds is a new sponsor of ours at Candle Buds. And, uh, what are Candle Buds? What candle is that? Buds are great. It's these great, fantastic candles that are scented and um, with real terps. And uh, they're just something special. You never see anything like it. So What's go a check terp? out. Terps are different types of scents that come from flowers oh. and oh. cannabis. Oh. You know, not just, but there are some cannabis flavored ones. Nice. No cannabis in them. You don't get high. They're just candles that smell awfully beautiful and wonderful. Candles are good. So uh, check that out. A big shout out to PYFC, Pico Youth Family Center, Oscar and Alex. Thank you for the space. Um, Enzo's Pizzeria. And Ovando uh, Bowen, oh. LLP. We wear braids to court. Let the Tomahawks fly. The best legal uh, representation that money can buy. And uh, Old Blue Eyes, Audio Needs, Sean at movemental.media. Yep. Um, don't tell them about this conversation. This is just between us uh, here right now listening. This is probably one of would have been one of his favorite shows, and yep. he wasn't here, right? Yep. This is one of the ones he would. Now he's going to start wanting to step out every now and then so that we <laughs> knock these out. Uh, um, uh, probably one of our best shows ever. If right, you ask me. Right. Me too. Mike Angelo, photography. You know, you want to stop looking terrible. Get with him. He's going to take a great shot of you. Yep. Estevan Oriel, right? The king of photography. You want to look like a tough guy? Let right. him take some pictures of him. Exactly. Want to make your way into writer. a book? Yep. Maybe an acting career? Right. Launched Rachel's Everything. Um, and um, who else are, are friends of the show that we haven't hit up yet? Oh, well, Calco, Beard Oil. Oh, yeah. Pulpo. Pulpo. Pulpo, Beard Oil. Right. Pulpo, Beard Oil. Yep. And uh, anything else? Rachel Sterling. Oh. Rachel what? Sterling Comedy. Rachel Sterling comedy, right? Rachel Sterling, She's some hot chick that comes on the show every now and then. She's rocks. funny, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dot rocks. Yeah. Oh yeah, what King Salmon? <laughs> Kanye Salmon. Kanye Salmon <laughs> just bought a Porsche with investor money. SEC is going to call him any day now. Crosscut fillet, okay? Crosscut fillet, not a steak. He's a crosscut fillet. <laughs> All it's right. the company car, yo. Yeah, I got a fucking 2015. <laughs> It's got Targa written on the side, foot panel. Yeah. I mean, well, that's a whole other show in itself. Anyway. All right. Hasta la vista. Adios. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.